family, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? It is 1.08 a.m. East Coast time. It is now technically Sunday, November 13th. How are you? This is the official Morning Combat UFC 281 post-fight show. Instant reaction. Welcome. Uh, as I may or may not have indicated, because I've been broadcasting now for about three hours, my name is Luke Thomas. I am one half of the hosting duo for Morning Combat. My uh, co-host, Brian Campbell, will be here in just a moment. Right now, you can catch him if you want on CBS Sports HQ. When he comes in, we'll get all of his takes. We'll start here with this. Um, UFC 281 is in the books. We're going to get to all the results and the analysis of the main card and maybe some other things along the way. So if you're watching now on YouTube, thumbs up. Please be so kind if you would do that. If you're new here, consider giving a subscription. We do the show live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. in the East, and then we do post-fight stuff for big fights like this, too. So with that in mind, uh, if you don't want spoilers, now's your time to go. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, let's get going. UFC 281 took place at Madison Square Garden in New York, New York. We join you now from the swamps of Jersey City just across the river right here. In your main event, how about this? Alex Pereira defeats Israel Adesonia. They have it as a time of 201 of round number five. Man, let's talk about this fight, shall we? And the story of it. The story of it that was that it was pretty competitive uh, really throughout the course of it, but you thought that someone like Izzy was pulling away. That's what you thought, right? Because Izzy won the first round. It was close, but then he kind of rocked him with that jab, hold, hand trap, right hand that landed. He was able to go back to it through the course of the fight, as a matter of fact. And so he took the first. In the second round, Pereira had a great round. Uh, he had one takedown, which he controlled for just 21 seconds of control time, not that long. Um, but you thought he did the better work overall, right? So round two goes to him. Round three, different story. Champion gets a takedown, holds it for 347, does pretty good ground and pound. The significant striking totals were 14 to Izzy and then 8 to Pereira, right? So he did really well. Fourth round, it looked like it wasn't a super exciting round, hardly dominant, but Izzy was just more active. He was coming off the strong third round. He was kind of pot-shotting, landing 20 to 15 overall uh, in terms of significant strikes, not getting a takedown but having some control time at least along the fence for a minute and 8 seconds. And you thought, well, man, all he has to do is just sort of survive five rounds. But what it looked like may have happened was, so heading into the fifth, you probably had it 3-1 Izzy, probably. What had happened was it looked to me like maybe Pereira took the round, round four off or something. But in general, in this fight, what you found was that Izzy, I'm not trying to see, I can see here on the on the feed, who was visiting him? Oh, it's Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Izzy was courting danger along the warning track, and we had talked about it a lot. <coughs> Pardon me. Namely, that both of these guys use their feet to get away. They block a little bit, but they all do a lot of the leaning up against the kickboxing ropes where your torso is open and the, the ropes are malleable to a degree. You can lean and get away, but up against the cage, it's completely different defense. And Izzy chose when he got Pereira up against the fence to get an inside angle on the shoulder, clasp his hands up here with a gable grip up top and kind of control him from there, maybe lower his lock to the body lock to go for a takedown or some kind of trip or move him. But what you notice he didn't really do except on the clinch breaks was try to basically box him from there. He wanted to close off the space to reduce that volatility that could come from that. Pereira was not doing that. Pereira, when he had Izzy backed up real close to the fence, was trying to do exactly what you saw in the final sequence there. His trademark left hook lands when Izzy had blocked or you know rolled or gotten out of the way of those for the last four rounds and whatever. All it took with a guy like that is one. I do think that the, the pre-fight, the pre-fight belief that Izzy had more skills and therefore more ways to win seemed like it was true, 
based on the way this played out. They fought four and a half rounds, and Izzy was largely better through the course of them. But that doesn't really matter, right? You can be better for long stretches. If the other guy has more danger, you let him hang around for up to five rounds or more. Well, not more, but up to five rounds. All it takes is one of those, boom. And 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 you can't say it was accidental. You can't say it was luck. You can't say it was low percentage. Every time he had Izzy in those circumstances, the margin of error was thin. He he got away with it because Izzy is typically pretty skilled in those positions. But you got to be perfect. You got to be perfect for 25. Dude, if you want to fight Alex Pereira on the feet, on the ground's a different story. We'll talk about that. But if you want to fight him on the feet, if you got to be good, you got to be def- your defense can't have a lapse. It can't have a lapse if you're going to fight him for five rounds. It's just not possible. Um, and that makes it very, very difficult to fight him on the feet for that long. Izzy cho- chose to fight this guy, um, not exclusively, not exclusively. There was some wrestling involved, but predominantly on the feet. And the margin of error against him, even if you can beat him for long stretches, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The second time they fought in kickboxing and the first time they fought in MMA, he's fought him now three times in, in combat sports. He's got a win over him in all three. You, you, you just can't say it's accidental. I thought Izzy won their first fight overall, but he got uh, – the judges felt differently. Second fight, Izzy was winning the vast majority of that till he got his shit rocked and put down. And then this one, it's very hard to catch Izzy now in open space. He has too much space to lean. He has too much space to roll. He has too much space to simply move his feet away at an angle, whatever. It's too much. But put him right along the fence, and you have constricted his options by a significant margin. It just makes landing on him a much more likely proposition. Pareda pressured him there consistently throughout the fight, had a hard time finding him consistently throughout the fight, but found one left hook that I'm not sure he saw coming and the show was over. Let's talk about the stoppage there for just a second. What do I think about it? I think it was fine. I think it was fine. You did see Izzy moving side to side. You could make an argument. Um, he was still trying to be in it. It's a title fight. It's the fifth round. You know, how how much latitude do you want to grant? Okay. Um, you could maybe argue it was a little early if you wanted to. I really don't think so. I think what really Goddard did in the end was save him from a vicious KO uh, in all likelihood. In all likelihood, what would have happened there with Izzy that compromised is that he would have probably gotten knocked out because here was the interesting part about the takedowns. Izzy only got one of them. It was in the third round, um, which he did hold for a significant amount of time. It was a nice takedown he got. It was a sort of a body lock whip where he was sort of spinning him over in a circle and then taking him back to an empty plane. And then he was able to hold it with good cross wrist control through long stretches of it. But like he failed on the other three attempts, and they weren't really all that close. Um, maybe one was kind of close. And he was trying different things from the body lock, but the polish on on what he needs to make them work was pretty clearly missing. Um, it didn't seem to drain him that bad. It didn't seem to maybe drained Pereira a little bit where he didn't have much of a fourth round effective effort. Um, but dude, is he, is he elected to fight this guy in the place where he's most dangerous and gave him a fair number of looks with him right up along the fence line? <laughs> Your margin of error is thin with that dude. It's just so thin. What a remarkable story for this guy. Sean Alshadi had a tweet about it. I'd like to read it if I can, um, about what this all means and how it looked. Alex Pereira, this is from Sean Alshadi, quote, becomes the second least experienced UFC champion of the modern era behind only Brock Lesnar. Stunning scenes. He needed a Leon Edwards moment, and he found it. Unbelievable. It is remarkable. What was that, UFC 276? Now you have UFC 281. Um, Both of the Nigerian champs, uh, in this particular case, losing with fifth-round kind of comebacks. Uh, I think... I think the I think Edwards had won at least one round against um Usman as well, if memory serves. So kind of some interesting echoes in that regard. Yeah. He had to do it. And by the way, I gotta say, first double champ in glory, two weight simultaneous world champion, getting a belt here. You got another triple C here in combat sports, man. You really do. Now you could say the Olympic gold medal for Henry Cejudo is a little bit more prestigious, and I would certainly grant that it is, but um 
boy, to be a double champ in kickboxing, to be this inexperienced and to get a title, even if there were some circumstances that were favorable only in the sense that uh, the, the now former champion, Izzy, chose to fight him in, in, in what I think he thought was his own strengths, but what turned out to be in the other guy's more dangerous ones. That really is the story, man. He's just so dangerous. Let's look at some of these numbers here, if we can, from the fight itself. Uh, 140 total strikes attempted by Pereira landing, 91. 119, uh, excuse me, 100, 140 landed, 214 attempted. 209 attempted by the champion, 119 landed, 86 of which were significant. One for four on takedowns for Izzy, one for one for Pereira. Six minutes and 34 seconds of control time for the champ. Again, some of that's, oh, actually most of that is against the fence. And then just 31 seconds for Pereira. Here's, here's the numbers for the rounds themselves in terms of significant strikes that scored. First round, 23 to 23, but Izzy rocked him. Second round, 20 to 17, that's Izzy to Pereira. Third round, 14 to 8. Uh, th excuse me, third round, 14 to 8. Fourth round, 20 to 15. Round five, how about this? 28 to 9 for Pereira. 28 to 9. Finished strong when he had to. Finished commanding when he had to. That was it. He had to take that. He had to act in that fifth round and found a way to get it done. Boy, that is incredible metal. That's incredible mojo. Looked like he had a very difficult weight cut. Still found a way to win. Still found a way to persevere. Uh, had a bad middle of that fight when he was getting taken down. Didn't look great for him. Looked weathered and lost a little bit in the fourth round. And then came back out there with purpose in the fifth and closed the show, grabbing another combat sports title in an era when Robert Whitaker couldn't do that tw twice. Marvin Vittori couldn't do that twice. Derek Brunson, all the rest of them. They could, none of those other middleweights could do it. And then you, even with the Blahovich fight, he was going up a weight class and got kind of a little bit, a little bit outstruck on the feet, but mostly outwrestled on the ground. And you're like, well, okay, that's one thing. Let's see how he does at 205. Now what this does to the middleweight division is it puts it wide open. Wide open. What is the UFC going to do? Right, let's talk about this for a second. What are they going to do? Here you have a case where one guy has beaten the other guy three times, but the fight itself was very close, and the guy who won was losing it up until he wasn't in the very last round. And the guy who he beat in this case was undefeated, and the champion in this weight class up until this point, would you do a rematch? If you're Robert Whitaker, I think he still has the fight against Paulo Costa coming up. I guess he can't get out of it. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But if you're Robert Whitaker, you want to be like, no, 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 no. I want the first shot at that guy. Izzy had three takedowns that failed. One that failed in the, uh, excuse me, two that failed in the second round and one that failed in the fourth. Most of them off body locks, um, one high crotch. They, what was the major problem with him? He just didn't quite have his hips underneath him in certain spots. Um, didn't have his elbow deep all the way when he needed to on one of the high crotches. Wasn't getting the, the – the one takedown he did get off the whip from the body lock, he got the appropriate amount of turn. There just wasn't the right finesse on them. I think that's, to me, what was missing for them. Some of the position was a little bit loose. He just didn't seem to have – I mean, and also that's a big body to move. Like that, right? That's a that's a large man to try and like position around. It's not so easy to do. He's going to have his weight and his base underneath him, um, and so he just had a hard time moving him around. I, I, he did get the one again, capturing the wrist. That was really good. He was able to return him to the mat a couple of times as he tried to get up, force him to wrestle to his hands. You could tell that that was not something that looked very comfortably and normal as part of the attacking sequence from Izzy, but he was able to get it done, scored a pretty good round, still a 10-9, not a 10-8, still got a good round out of it, um, but just wasn't consistent enough. You felt like if you could get the takedown more consistently, it'd be a different fight, I feel like, but no, no, and so he had to stand with him, and so as a consequence of having to stand with him, that was it. Closed the show right up against it. Unbelievable. Let's look at targeting. If we can here, Izzy targeting the head, 47, man, nearly identical. Nearly identical. Listen to this. Targeting by head. Izzy, 47%. Pereira, 46%. To the body, 24% for Izzy, 29% for Pereira. To the leg, 27% to Izzy, 24% for Pereira. Nearly identical proportions in terms of their targeting. Pretty remarkable in that regard. And then again, most of it at distance. It was interesting in the clinch how much stronger Pereira looked, but how much he was able to be out 
positioned there. Izzy was able, like, so here's the thing. If you're going to go for uh, certain kinds of takedowns, the way you want to keep them flat along the fence typically is an underhook on one side and then your head and shoulder, kind of shoulder into the chest, head on the other side. So you're covering both their shoulders. He was taking a gable grip on an inside shoulder look, which gave him the angle he needed for a takedown or to turn or for a trip and some offense, but it, uh, that position does allow them to move off the fence a little bit more nimbly by a, as a consequence. Now, he did have the gable grip, which means he would have had to frame off and push, and that creates some extra in, um, working requirements, so maybe he didn't want to fight through that necessarily. But um, it looked to me like Pareto was stronger in the clinch physically, more, more offensively dynamic, um, but a bit willing to give up position a little too easily. Uh, and so that was what enabled uh, Izzy to control that space. But I wonder what they're going to do now for a title fight. I really do. Whitaker is, you would think, as long as he can get a takedown, which you would think he'd be able to do pretty pretty regularly, um, he's a nightmare matchup for Pereira. He would, they would have to pull him out of the Costa fight, which I just don't think they would do. Man, he's got to get through Costa, and then that's his shot back to Pereira, assuming they don't do a fourth fight between. I don't, I don't know what the appetite would be. I don't know if there would be a lot of appetite for a fourth fight. There might be, right? I guess I'll have to see what, what BC says and what they ask him. But it really is going to be up to what UFC wants to do in that regard, and I don't know what the appetite would be. I don't know how folks feel about it. From what I could tell online, there was some appetite for it, but that's – that's not really uh, an accurate reading. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, so we'll see what BC has to say about that. We'll see what he has to say about that. Amazing fight. Full of tension. Slowed fourth round. I did hear the crowd boo a little bit. I mean, I don't know what y'all want. Y'all had a spoiled night. The whole night was full of fucking crazy antics. Um, oh, I think BC's here. Yeah, let's go. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Hey, hey, let, hey, let's go to the bullpen and get the righty, okay? Let's do it. Oh, the bullpen? Is that what you are? You're Mariano Rivera? I'm like Trevor Hoffman coming here, okay? All right, BC. Exit light. All right, BC. The story, wow. the story and truth of the fight is what for the main event? That whether it was the pressures of the fan base to be more exciting or whether it was the history between them for Israel Adesanya, having lost twice before to Alex Pereira, having been knocked out, whether that motivated him to want to come in and make a statement or whether he thought against a guy this dangerous coming after him was going to be the, the best play. For me, the biggest takeaway is, is, is equal. It's two things. It's one is that we already knew the power was for real for the new champion here, Alex Pereira, but we didn't know about the poise, the gas tank, the ability to hang in that fight and find his moment after seemingly taking round four off and saving up his energy. But on the flip side, Adesanya waited willingly in that pocket far too long against a fighter that, you know, even with his unproven history late into fights starting there in round five, at the midway point in round five, what did I say? I asked you, is Izzy one takedown away in this moment here it from potentially ending this fight? I loved his offensive nature. I loved the focus and intensity he had. But in round two, which was a big round for Pereira, in segments in round three, it was too much of a tease where Izzy, when backed up, was too willing to hang out at range. Sometimes he exited to the side. Sometimes he used the, the one-two, and that right hand was a big punch for him to create that space. But trusting too much in his head movement against a fighter like that in the fifth round, it, you know, it may have been him who, who fell victim to fatigue in the end and kept himself in that strike zone too long and paid for it. This game is crazy. We saw a head kick from Leon Edwards just a couple months ago against Kamaru, which is point proven. But, uh, you know, it's hard not to look at Izzy and wonder if he'll be kicking himself for that decision to stand so close for so long. Uh, could he have won it with a little bit smarter, safer game plan down the stretch? I'm sure that's one I didn't thing he'll think be saying. Izzy had himself. a bad game plan. Here's what I think happened to him. What did you think? He went for four takedowns, whiffed on three of them. If he was more regularly able to get takedowns, if it was a much more consistent threat, that's a different fight. One takedown in the fifth is how way you're putting it. But I'm saying he tried it in several rounds and was only able to get it one time. And the one time he got it, he used it to great effect, right? His ability, his mat wrestling at that point was much better than Pereira's. But his takedowns just weren't there. So it forced him 
and maybe he chose to some degree as well, but it looked like it forced him to some degree to just stand up more when if the takedown was more readily available, it would have been used. Do you think he 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 wanted the fifth round finish and it was a little bit too much of his focus? Because nah, nah, you, well, I mean, but it's a fair criticism to say for stretches of this fight he hung around in that pocket for way too long. Yes, he you did. Can't, you, I mean, that's he did. That's where the fight's lost. That he did. Where, you know, he did good things to take to take Pereira down when he could. He did good things to try to stay on his back and, and pull on his own gas tank and try to get him out there. And you know, did he largely win the striking battles when they were at close range, which was most of this fight? Yes. That 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 pull right hand sort of delay to get uh, the defense of Pereira down. The right hand was on point. Let's not forget to close round one. Pereira legitimately two to three seconds away from that fight being stopped. Looked right. out on his feet and getting lit up. So there's not much bad you can say in terms of Izzy came out with intention. He came out trying to execute. But when he, it was clear that he's built a lead, and I don't know, is that clear to him in that moment that he's up three to one on all three judges' scorecards? I'm not seemed sure. It seemed that way. It seemed like it. Man, it's weird. It's like <laughs> there was the legit buzz of is is he boring? Is he GSP five round? Is he? It's like it's don't you hate that we're we're kind of that I'm picking out and criticizing something that like the you know the casual fan base was like, come on, people are excited. <coughs> he had all that intention. But it, it it was it was proven misdirected in some way. You can't you can't dude, you can't hang out on that street corner without the ladies coming up to you, without getting a little on you. You know what I mean? <coughs> dude, not everyone's gonna be able to do what Pereira did, which is keep his head, manage what was left of his gas tank, hang in there, and in just his fourth UFC fight, win a championship after being a two-division glory champion kickboxing. I mean, this is this is wild what he was able to do. But in hindsight, could it have been easier for Izzy? Could it have been? Or is Pereira always going to walk you down and close that distance? I, you know what? That Izzy's ah, – that's tough, man. That's tough. It's tough because when a guy has power like that, when he can do exactly that to you, then you're going to have these, these – these, you know. I mean, is he too offensive overall too? Who, Izzy? Yeah. I mean, did he just get caught in your eyes or was this a, a, a preventable trap that he – I don't think it's – when you say just get caught, I don't think there's anything accidental about it if that's what you mean. Like, no, like he had, again, if he was able more regularly to wrestle, then you can choose how you want a fifth round to go by virtue of where the fight's going to take place, what kind of risk you want to accept. Like if St. Pierre, if that's St. Pierre, granted against Bisping, who was more willing to strike, but against someone who you thought well, you had a real distinct advantage over in the wrestling and like, hello, is this kind of foot on the feet? Would you wrestle him? You're going to fucking wrestle. Look what he did to Dan Hardy. He fucking wrestled him the entire time. So you don't hold it against him for, for playing too safe, which is almost what everybody was trying to get him to not do. It's a question of, I, I don't know how much he was like willing, ex willingly accepting it versus, okay, the takedowns weren't there as much as we thought we were. Let's just stay with him anyway, which yeah. is kind of like a requirement. But there's a sense. difference between standing with him and trying to work your jab, which in spots Adesanya did a great job with. There's a difference between that and when the distance is closing behind you and you've got nowhere to go and you're, you're backed up to the fence playing chess with him at that range. You can't. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just, it's, it's Russian roulette at that point. Especially when you're potentially tired. It's Russian. Ru once, once you're up there, it's Russian roulette. Uh, it really is. And he lost when he played and, it. Dude, it's there were many that. times that Pereira could have broken if he wasn't for real. End of the first round, no question. Um, gassed out potentially on the bottom in round four, no question. Points where Izzy was getting off with good, with with consistent jabs to the body or front kicks that could could pull on his gas tank. Dude, he showed us a lot of poison there. I mean, that's 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 some championship. Okay, right so there. a couple questions here we have to get to. Damn. First, there's a lot of damn. So I'm damn right. You yeah. can feel it. It's like first, exhale. Damn. First, first. <sighs> UFC going to make a rematch out of this. So we, I just talked about that with uh, Hakeem Dermish on CBS Sports HQ. Doesn't Robert Whitaker have a fight scheduled? Paulo Costa. All right. Could they pull that fight and give it to Whitaker and no one would think that's crazy? No. You, no I don't one would think, think anyone would think that's crazy. The Izzy second fight, the rematch was disputed. I thought Whitaker won it. Whitaker, all he's done since then outside of those Izzy fights is win and show you that he is a living legend, a former champion who's right in the mix. Could they go that way? Yes. But because he already has a fight scheduled... And because Izzy had five title defenses and because was winning three to one on all these scorecards and because, you know, this was a great fight. In terms of the combination of enough action. Yeah, the with, fourth round was not so great. Okay, but. enough action with drama. Sometimes drama overstakes. Sometimes the ten, intent, the tense, the tense, no, no, you know, the tense feeling can overtake actual action. Yes, I think you run this back. Only this time, Luke. You ready? I think you do it in Brazil. I think you make Izzy go into Brazil to get it back. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. He already did that the second time they fought, and it didn't really work. Um, 
Remember yeah. I asked you late in that fight, had he learned strategic lessons from the loss to Jan? Not enough. Not enough. Who? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the grappling. This is uh so this is interesting. Remember my whole theory about like the A and B game? And one of the criticisms I had made of the champ or the former champ again, excuse me, of Izzy was that his A game, you can if your B game is not so great, it's okay as long as your A gray A game is super dominant. Yes. Like Habib. Right? His A game is outrageous. And so his B game, while not so great, doesn't really matter all that much. But you have to be a major hardcore uh, specialist with a major decisive advantages for that to work. Izzy was kind of getting to that with uh, middleweight, I thought with his striking, maybe. But it would really depend on how he could get past a guy like this. No, he couldn't. So then it becomes a question you go reflect back on his B game. Defensive wrestling along the cage, pretty good. Wrestling it out in the open. He did get taken down here once, but that was a pretty good takedown by Pineda. I'll mm-hmm. give him credit. But more to the point, because the takedowns failed him, and those are he, he tried and couldn't get them, there was just much more of a, a riskier kind of fight he had to approach. And he accepted that risk in those situations more willingly than perhaps he should have. But again, I go back to it. Like if the takedown was more readily there, I think you would have seen it more regularly. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to say in hindsight he should have done this because he didn't know he was going to get knocked out. So in hindsight, should he have gone for a takedown midway through round five? Yeah, I would like to have seen it have tried. Doesn't need, he doesn't mean he needs to spam takedowns like Maya against Woodley, right? But situational, you know, experience and knowledge it was surprising given all those circumstances. Uh, official. That he, Sorry. Uh, I mean, you, weren't, you wouldn't be listening to me anyway, but if you've got something more important, just come out with it. I love you. Uh, no. Uh, Israel Adesanya was up on all three judges' scorecards yeah. heading into the fifth, 39-37. I revealed that a minute ago, a minute and a half ago. Did you? Yeah, I did. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> his situational knowledge of, of having to know where he was and knowing, look, you, you got, I don't know. You, there's a difference too between saying he should have shot and maybe he should have tried his best to. No, take I'm not the saying he should have shot. No, I'm saying <coughs> it's easy for me to say he should have shot, but there's other things he could have done beyond that. He could have worked more from the outside, and I just I don't know. I, I feel like there was a part of him that really wanted to to send that message and put that exclamation point. And had he been able to finish this guy in round five, it would have been triumphant, and we would have been saying, you know, was that enough to take back the pound for pound spot from Volk? I mean, look, you know, we're asking a lot of these guys under duress and under pressure and under exhaustion, but he's too experienced for this to happen like this the way it did. This isn't even the this isn't even the Camaro getting you know lured into the head kick. And so it's okay, like, so let me ask you. So then, what is your major criticism of Izzy? Is it's merely that he spent too much time in vo- too vulnerable position, right? Yeah. He said he spent he spent too much time in an area where the margin for error is just it's too, too low. It's too thin. Spend, yeah, you, you can't. Know? You just it's it's too easy to make a mistake, and it's too much time to spend there. Okay, fair enough. You know that was a question we had coming in, even though we don't know if this. But guy I'm going to go, go back. Rounds, I'm going to go back. Is it too dangerous for Izzy to play with this guy for five rounds? Turns out yes. Yes. But turns out. Turns out yes. Making that mistake. But I'm going to make this point one more time. The fact that his offensive wrestling was not more dynamic put him on this path as well. I don't know. He just had success in round four with wrestling. Round three. Round three, okay. Then what, what was he doing in round four to get There was the kind of shitty round where not a whole lot happened. I mean, after the success of round three, to not go back to that well once in round five. Especially at that point where you're two and a half minutes in the round. You're right. both having that's moments. I mean, look, that's all yeah. I'm saying is we talk about the experience coming in and would Padeta fold. He had a million areas to fold physically, mentally, you know, game plan-wise, and didn't. And it was Izzy who made the critical mistake, and then the fight ended. And that's that. Yeah. there it is. There it is. So uh, my my preference is a rematch between them, and uh, I think it's going to be a big fight. I mean, look, anytime anytime the established champion was winning, you know, on his way to it until he wasn't, there's intrigue, and you give now the history. I mean, he's three and zero against Adesanya. That's wild, Luke. He's the only man to stop him, and he's done it twice. That's crazy across both sports. I mean, that's crazy. Damn, Poetan, what a man! Yeah, and I right? wonder what that's going. How do you think uh, Izzy takes it? Uh, knowing his makeup, well, they have Teddy Atlas on the desk there at ESPN. Yeah. Knowing his makeup, Brian Custer on the desk right there as well. Yep, Showtime's Brian Custer. Oh. There he is. On the UFC desk right there. Wow. Teddy Atlas, um, Anthony Smith. Uh, knowing the competitor in him, Luke, and, I, you know, and, I, and one thing I always say about Con- Connor knew how to lose. Connor always knew how to lose. He only he always in the post fight interview, right? Except for the one when he was calling out Poirier's wife, Connor's always kind of on the pro already on the plan of like, oh, I know what I did wrong here, so I'm gonna fix it. I think Izzy's gonna be that style. I think he's gonna come out and realize 
in certain situations, Izzy was doing incredible work that was way better than, than yeah. Pereira in this regard. And I think Izzy continues down the path of rounding out his ground game, especially against somebody in Pereira who, as we saw tonight, it's not a strength for him, Luke. It's not a, an outward weakness. I know you're not listening to me, but that's... I am, I am. I'm just watching some of these replays. I am. Yeah, that's, we'll just wait till they're done, then you can... There's the one takedown he got that was pretty nice in the third. You know, laying up again. Oh, man. I mean, what do you want? You're going to lay up in the fence against Look that guy? Look at that. Oh, can't Luke, do it. We saw that coming in round three, didn't we? We can't, saw that coming in round two. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, BC, let's talk a little bit about this co-main event, if we can. Um... Not sure what there's a whole lot to say about it, to be quite candid with you. Uh, the there new... is a lot to say about it. Want me to tell you? Hold on. We'll just give me get to the results here very quickly. So, Zhang Weili uh, defeats Carla Esparza via submission, a rear naked choke from the back with a crucifix, basically, uh, having at 105 of round number two. What you got, PC? The best feather, I mean, the best uh, straw weight in the world right now is Zhang Weili. And the fact, and it all goes back to how she turned herself around after that loss to Rose a head kick in the first fight and her looking in the mirror and saying, you know, there's so many things that I do well, but I've got to get better in every category. And she didn't lose the Rose first fight on the ground. She lost it by Rose beautifully setting up that high kick. But Luke, what has she done since then? You know, getting the time with Cejudo and the captain Alberto scene, showing the wrestling improvement in the Rose rematch, which could have gone either way and she lost it. But, you know, adding the danger of the spinny stuff, which she did in the Ioana rematch, and now showing you that she's got jujitsu, that she's working enough in her ground game where she can make a key transition right here and take the back. And before you know it, the fight's over against an elite riding a long win streak. Um, she's closing holes. She's an absolute savage. But now that there's no outward flaws like that in her game, she, she's an all-timer. And for her to come back and win this belt after losing via head kick and then losing the rematch versus close decision and to come back and get better each fight dude but bang the drums for her versus rose part three it, it's got to be next because that is that's a historic fight it's a great fight and you know because when rose is at her best she's she's the best we've ever seen in this division that's not a disrespect to Joanna, who's got the most title defenses but whaley's going somewhere super special and the only flaws she's really had up to this point were two losses to rose now she can get a chance to redeem those with the belt as champion in a trilogy. Like the straw weights always deliver for us with the exception of Rose Carla too. It's like that, you know, it's like the, it's like the Rocky five type, you know, sore thumb sticking out of there. But, um, Whaley's dangerous as shit. She's as good as it gets. Um, I'm really looking forward to see who, who, who can outsmart the other one, who can, who can win this in a Rose trilogy. I mean, give me a reason why Rose shouldn't be next. Give me a reason. I don't have a good one. I don't have a good one. I think you probably go, yeah, well. I don't think you penalize Rose for coming off a loss considering the champ that has the belt now she beat twice, right? You don't penalize. Uh, I don't know if it's a question of penalization. I well, I mean, you have to take that in mind when you're when you're thinking. Plus, there's no obvious contender because Marina lost. You do Amanda Lemos. You could do it. You could do it. Not when you've got a chance. I mean, they, you know, they've got the champion again who they can market well, of course, in China where they're making big inroads. But It wouldn't be nearly as big or interesting, but you could do it. I mean, Rose just had the documentary. Yeah, you're doing Rose Whaley 3. Yeah. Um, Who's going to be the betting favorite? Who's going to be the betting John favorite? John Whaley, I think, is the betting favorite there. Even with two losses to Rose. That was a weird performance she came off of, and Zhang, she looks amazing. She looked like a, a an absolute I mean, force of nature. The theme of Rose's documentary is that she can come back from, you know, being brilliant, brilliant, and then the exact opposite and getting either yeah, dropped in her head or having that fight. But when I rewatched that second fight with Carla, which not many people will rewatch it. Now, I'm not going 49 times, so fuck that, right? Fuck you. But, Luke, I will <laughs> say that um, Rose was like, remember she was dancing? We are talking about this off camera. Like, she was dancing in that fight rematch against Carla. Like dancing, like, look at my artistry. Look at what I'm doing. I'm making you miss, only putting nothing on top of it. So I get that. It's not like Rose doesn't have questions to answer. But when she's in a position to answer those questions, she often takes things to another level, the exact level she'll need to take it to beat this version of Wei Lee. Damn, I love this fight. It's a great fight. What, what can you say about Carla Sparks? She showed out a lot of pressure, the fans turning on her, booing, no one giving her credit. She had a few credit. moments in the first round. Right, people making her feel moments. like a paper champion. She had some moments in there. She didn't. 
she didn't shy away from trying to upgrade her striking. Look, I know. Uh, can you? Can I, can I have you back? I know I'm listening, fucker. I'm trying to do a few things at once. Okay, but you're not good at listening to begin with. So That's to have true. you watch something else, you know, okay. when I'm actually trying to set you up <laughs> for a question that I now forgot. So um, you did that, not me. Carla's setups were better offensively to try to get in, duck under the jab. There's a couple of things that she wasn't able to do it consistently. She had a little bit of wrestling success. Let me pull up some of the numbers bit, here. A little bit, but uh, you know, and Whaley's not perfect, Luke. I still think a, right. a striker like Rose can can piece up Whaley and control a fight from the outside. It's though, can Rose have the same success keeping Whaley away on the ground? And in their rematch, Whaley had success taking Rose down. So uh, Carlos Barza credited with one takedown in the first round and a control time of 53 seconds. It's pretty good. Zhang Whaley given a minute of control time in the first round. Uh, Zhang Whaley landing 33 strikes in the first round, significant ones, just five for Carla Esparza. And then in round two, just four significant strikes landing for uh, Zhang Wiley, one for Carla Esparza, and uh, of course there's a submission attempt for the crucifix from the back, although she was, you know, in internal position. Um, boy, Zhang Wiley is a full, well-rounded threat, is she not? She's physically strong, you're right, she can be hit, but she fights with so much power and verve and intentionality. Rose has her number in striking. That was clear in the rematch, which was a close fight. But I think Whaley gives her problems. Even though Rose, like, Rose has decent takedown defense. She's a, she can be an offensive wrestler when she yes. needs to. And she has good jiu-jitsu as but well. But Whaley's so strong that there were moments where she could just out of nowhere dump her to the ground. You're like, damn. And damn. also I think it's a question of like what position she picks. Yeah. So if she goes and picks where, for example, what uh, from Turtle, right, getting Rose to her hands and knees, grabbing a wrist, and then using that position to collect and do damage rather than going to like traditional full – guard or side control yeah. or something like that she could do good work it would be a hell of a fight i do think this would be the best chance zhong wiley has to date of the various matchups she's of, had of trying to separate herself even historically here from this great group yes. of fighters um well, by the way was, the msg magic was back tonight yes it, it, yes it, it was, certainly this was. was a special one it really it was, was it was a great card up and down the card. some people saying card of the year i think it's certainly in it's contention in discussion man early Definitely on was better than yeah. ufc 280 like for all the hype that we had around it wasn't really as a card no all that great this was the the prelims alone featuring just ridiculous violence over and over and over again one last thing about carla it just seems to me like she got the title in a very nascent stage of the division. Yes. I think it's a fair way to put it. And then got the title again. What way would you describe it? When the dominant powers just seem to have a little bit of a lapse, right? She gets sort of getting through between the cracks of the dominant powers. It's like when. But no when, staying power is really the issue, which is why I think she's kind of separate from the pack. As remember a when we were kids in like 89 and. Um, the uh, the the Eagles had that home football playoff game, and it was like the fog ball against the Bears, and like the players couldn't even see. You know what I mean? But you're like, that's still a real NFL game. It's a playoff game, right? They can't even see Luke. They can't even see the field. Carla winning that title against Rose in that rematch was kind of like a like a like a fog ball game. You know, it's kind of like like it would never look like that again if they ran it back, right? I don't even know if they they never will. Now. They never will. They never probably won't. Um, and Carla's got two wins over Rose in title fights. That's wild, right? Yeah, and one by finish, right? I think the first yeah, one. Yeah, I mean finished. that was dominant finish the first time. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Dustin Poirier defeating Michael Chandler despite the crystal ball. Crystal ball didn't do you so, so good this time. F'd in the A. Wow. I mean, wow. Uh, right? Be a rear naked choke at two minutes of round number three. BC, Michael Chandler credited with three of seven takedowns, but two submission attempts from Dustin Poirier. This was this was this was a fucking this was better than blood and guts fight. This was better Jesus. than we thought it could be. And we By thought the way, it could definitely be better great. than Gaethje and Chandler, which was a fine fight. This was better than that. This was better than that. Uh, Ch Chandler was winning the first round and then, out, what, almost out on his feet in the closing seconds, right? Did that happen or was that my thinking of the uh, – No, in the – in the was it the first round? Yeah. Yes, and so, then Chandler had a much better response. Then Chandler round. comes back in the second round and he's wrestling and, he's, <laughs> you know, and you're like, is Poirier weakening? Poirier dug in and did Poirier stuff. And, you know, you know, I almost have to apologize for questioning his, you know, his mettle. And it wasn't his willingness necessarily. It was more like, you know, had time caught up with him. Or could Chandler's rocket right hand just bridge that gap and split the guard? And, you know, he, dude, he almost – he rocked Poirier in that first round. I mean, you know, D Dustin's career has been about bending but not breaking. Man, dude, for both of these guys, they both get elevated because, look, Chandler fought like a – Chandler is so freaking dangerous against anybody in the world. And he proved that again at 36. He's not slowing down Luke or making, you know, catastrophic errors necessarily. He's just gunslinging and he pulls the fight or flight out of you. And he almost did this. 
And it was kind of a shame that with the announcement of Volkanovski that took some of the stakes off of this fight, that somebody could do something crazy and punch their way in. But Poirier yeah. embraced the violence, put on the war hat. It had me feeling like it was going to force him to walk into an ending. He damn near almost did. But because he's Dustin Poirier, he came out with a monster win at this point in his career. What can he do with this win? Is he not done competing for the UFC lightweight title? I, if I'm him, I don't know who the – I mean, do you think he wants to fight Dariush? No, he should sit like, back and no wait for the No chance call, he right? wants to. Who the fuck wants to fight Dariush? No. Tough-ass fight, not a huge name, right? So I don't think he's going to want to do that. I think he's going to want to hang around, but that leaves a question for what Dariush is going to do. He could get strong-armed into taking a fight that, like, other guys would turn down. Yes. So that Because he seems like the kind of guy that the promotionally just whatever they ask him to do, he kind of does. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, but, dude, this was a hell of a fight. Uh, really, really was. I have to tell you, um, Michael Chandler, man, and we talked about with Zhang Wiley a little bit. Michael Chandler is so good with takedowns. I mean, he he man that fucking takedown in the third round. That was unbelievable. But it did cost him. I mentioned he doesn't it make monster him. mistakes. He made a mistake there. That, that uh... it reminds me of like judo takedowns. I mean, it wasn't a judo takedown, but if you watch judo takedowns in judo, what you'll notice is they'll throw them so hard sometimes they don't even worry about securing the position once they get to the ground. It's just about getting the back to touch for Epon. Right, so they'll, yeah. they'll just roll through. There's no control of it. He rolled, he tried to slam or a guy, I think, guide him down, but didn't do it with enough authority and then controlling it. So he got whipped around and got his back taken. That was pretty fucking amazing um, by Dustin Poirier. But I will say this about Michael Chandler's game if he could more easily weaponize attacks from the back, I think it would transform his game, BC. Yeah. Because he found himself there a number of times. He did have some decent ground and pass, especially when he had that one wrist trapped in the second round that forced Poirier to come up to stop it. But that was some pretty good ground and pound. But it wasn't like it wasn't like super dominant ground and pound. It was really good, but it wasn't amazing. So would you take a little bit off the fastball? Because he's still coming out reckless throwing bombs. I mean, it's just he's, throwing fucking bombs. He's loading up. But he, he puts you in a spot where you can never be comfortable. You can never. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. He does make you fight his fight. You can't avoid fighting his fight. No, maybe not, not Mahachev completely. could. Not maybe, completely. You know, maybe Islam yeah. could just take him down. But And by the way, to your point, like think about this. Dustin Poirier was getting lit up against the fence too, but that's only a three-round contest. If Izzy versus Pereira was a three-round contest, yeah. you saw what happened. He would have been fine. But you, it, 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 all he needs is just enough openings, and then that's it. Breaking my the show. balls, breaking my crystal balls, right? But I'll just, say this, just, dude: Were you how? What, what do you take away from Dustin Poirier that maybe you felt like you weren't appreciating, or, or maybe not? Like, but what, 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 what's the major lesson here from Poirier? That, that that I've done it before, and he's proven me wrong. And you know, you don't doubt this guy. You know, now you know. I also got to a point where I doubted him for so long that you know, when he fought Oliveira, I'm like, okay, this Dustin Poirier, he's going to do it. That's still a disappointing performance. It's also a big win for for uh, Charlie Olives on that insane run he was on. But no, no, man, he still got it. I mean, he embraced the grind, and it didn't, and it didn't end up costing him. He embraced the war, like like he tends to do. Uh, um, so it's like, is there a celebrity fight we're not thinking for him? That, I mean, what what can what can he earn with this? Separate from waiting in line for a title shot. You're right. There another is another fight. fight with Connor. No, but nobody wants that. Colby. Shit. I don't know why anyone would want that fight. I think Colby wins that one relatively easily. Yeah, I hate to say we don't that, need a but... Max trilogy. We don't need that. No. Uh, okay, so BC, here are Michael Chandler's wins. Dan Hooker via KO, Tony Ferguson via KO, but he has losses via KO to Charlie Olives. He got decisioned by Justin Gaethje, and then tonight he got submitted by Dustin Poirier. So losses to Oliveira, Gaethje, and Poirier, wins over Ferguson and Hooker. How good is he? Very good. I don't. Th I mean, like you can you can criticize whether the balls to the wall style is the best use of his skill set. Now, you can also argue that it makes him the most dangerous. It makes him a title contender, no matter if he's two and three or not. He's still super dangerous. I mean, that the will to be able to <coughs> withstand what he did and be right back in that fight. And you know, I mean, he was willing to go blood and guts in that third round. Look, he still got it, and yeah, I think he still got leverage with the company. This is another just badass performance, you know. And he still got the leverage where. I mean, what do you do with him? Do you do you put him in there against Connor coming back? Do you put him in there with Gaethje in a rematch? I don't know. I don't know what the next obvious move is for him. <coughs> but so, I don't know. I also don't know if he's not done. You know, is he always one knockout away from fighting for Chan a title? Chandler RDA. <sighs> yeah, why not? Right, Chandler Gamrot. I don't know. No. Why? That's, that sounds like an awesome fight. Yeah, I mean, it's all, yeah, it is awesome. I mean, Ch do you, do, you would agree that Chandler versus anybody is awesome. 
Yeah. I mean, you could do Chandler Fazeev. Yeah, that's also explosive. What do, but do you like that for Connor? Sometimes somebody asked somebody Chandler for Connor. Yeah, yeah. I, really um, like that. Uh, it oh, okay. That's an interesting yeah, one. Connor's gonna be off like two years, right? Yeah. I mean, Chandler's oh. hittable. He is hittable. Um, yeah, I, I would be okay with that fight. That's a good one. Yeah, sure, that would sell because of yes. the anticipation for a first round knockout. And you way. just know, like by hook or by crook, dude, Chandler's fights are not boring. They're just not. They're not boring at all. He's dude. He is. I mean, Poirier is an all time great action fighter. Chandler's almost like just a little bit more exciting than him. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Poirier's so excited. He's been so many great wars. Chandler's fights are insane. So are Gaethje's. Like this era has been. We've been so. I mean, what a damn. This was so entertaining tonight, that fight. Yeah. Edgy, I mean, just batshit crazy. Yeah, I, I would say this. Charlie Olives needs a fight, too, so let's not forget that. So right. What about Chandler-Charlie rematch? Oh, Ooh. my God. You could do that. You could do Charlie Olives that way. Yep. Loser might be done after that kind of war, right? You could do a Gaethje-Chandler rematch. Noises. You could do a couple of those. You're like, reloading? Yeah, my throat's, my throat's itchy. I mean, I'm sure the vaping helps. You know, it's good for you. Um. All right, BC, let's talk about something else on this card here while we still have some time left. Yeah, I mean, Frankie. Frankie when, um Yeah. He got Chris Gutierrez shutting the fucking lights out on yeah. Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar landing two strikes. What do you think about Frankie's Valentina tattoo across his chest? Big Shevchenko guy, you think? Doubt that. Yeah, okay. That. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, he loses at 201 of round one. Chris Gutierrez going linear up the middle and caught him. And uh, it's what happens. It's the end of the, it's the end of the road for a legend. Jesus, he's. I've seen him get laid out stiff more times than I would like, and I'm glad that this has come to an end. And uh, he had a fucking great career, but it's time. It's really fucking time. And Chris Gutierrez, it's a great win for him, but it is a tough position to be in because no one wants you to do what the fuck you yes. just did. Yes. You know, in that moment, they'll celebrate it years later. Yes, but in that moment, it's nobody wants a no. thing to do with you. Um, Dan Hooker got a big win. Now that's not the best performance from Claudio Puyas, who had an opportunity to to kind of kick the door in himself yeah. at lightweight. But like Up the gut, Dan Hooker needed that. Claudio Puyas just landing five total strikes in that fight. Jesus. So that's that been is not much. You like Dan Hooker against um against Charlie Olives? Not a bad matchmaking. No, that's, that's not the right fight. That's not the right fight. What is the right fight for Dan Hooker? That's because, a great question. So you know he had lost four or five before coming out here and getting a win. That's going to buy him some time. It's going to allow him to. So he's sitting at twelve in the rankings. He's between Demir Ismagulov, which was a bad fight for him, and then Conor McGregor. You could do Dan. What about Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson? Didn't they already fight? Uh, I don't think so. Then yes, you can do that. Yeah, yeah you can do that. <laughs> You could do him versus Grant Dawson as well, but I think Grant kind of tears him up, maybe. Yeah. Um, from the wrestling. Whew, what a night, Luke. I mean, yeah. you, I don't know what happened on the show before I got in here, before they went to the bullpen. They were like, enough of this uh, gray guy over here. Um, was it high no energy? Was it like, holy yeah. shit, what a night? No one did any of that, yeah. Oh, all right. Or was it like, hold on, guys, I need to... <laughs> Right, well, dude, then, my nose doesn't work. Probably. Then I got a vape. Let me get the vape over here. What would you like me to do? Yeah. Hey, can we look? Can we look at the X-rays of your black liver, fuckface? <laughs> Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Uh, we should say something oh. here first. Um, we will be on on Monday. We'll have reactions to everything, dude. How about um, very quickly? Our special guest, maybe down the line. Hold on, very quickly. Quick reaction. What Connor Riddell? Dude, that was a. I mean, Moicano, as, as as expected, came came. How about there, that post fight speech? Came out ready to deliver, dude. He was nasty. He landed hard shots. He was, you know, head hunting with that right hand. And Brad Riddell didn't look himself in this one. I don't no, know. I don't know what the story. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Moicano is on fire. He's on fire. Please don't misunderstand me. But I also listen. He might have won regardless, but he won at just 320 of round number one. I would have thought Riddell could have put up a, a bit of a better fight than that. Dude, he came out, Boycotto came out for war. He, he came did. Out to, so look at this. How about quickly, that interview? Quickly. How about that interview just from like getting noticed? Because he took that, that fight against RDI in short notice and came out, he fought like a maniac. And they, you know, he, you had to pull him out of there. And he did another big interview after that. Like he's emotional. He's asking for the money. I mean, like this is how you get noticed, dude. Okay. Yeah. There's there's fun fights you can make with Moicano against anybody. Sure. Uh, Ryan Span, Dominic Reyes. It might be the end of the line for Dominic Reyes. Thirty two. I man. can't believe I'm saying that, but it might be. So that's four straight losses, and three of them. Am I correct in saying three by stoppage? Uh, let me double check that. Yeah, here. it was it was the title bout. Yeah. With, so he got decisioned by Jones. 
viciously KO'd by Jan Blahovich, viciously, viciously KO'd yeah. by Yuri Prochka, and now viciously KO'd by Ryan Span. Damn. Man, this night filled all the emotional holes, didn't it? <coughs> Aaron Blanchfield, Molly McCann. That's what I said. It filled all the emotional holes. This right, night. you're disgusting. Hey, no, seriously, Aaron made big news at 125, all right? She's coming on. What about her against Macy Barber? Uh, you could do that. Yeah. It's a fight you can do. You can yeah. do it. Okay. All right, uh, we will be back live Monday, live at 11. I don't want to be back Monday at 11. How long was the show? It felt like it was five minutes. Uh, about 50, 5-0. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and uh, watch it's been an hour. What was, yeah, the we're first, what was the first half hour like? Sex. <laughs> we actually shot pornography in here. It was great. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Luke, it's been, it's been wild week. All right. I'm still ready to go home. All right. Girl, I love you. I need love. Look at me in the eyes. I got a full pad time when I eat now. You haven't eaten it yet? I've, I've nibbled on it. Oh, know. okay. Um, we should thank the crew. Yeah. So this one goes out to Mark. Gaffney, Jim, you know. Um, uh, Big Lou, who loves racist Italian soccer. No, no, he does not. He's just big on like, like, you know what do you call it? Re-racking when you got to just, you know, sometimes your pieces oh, yeah. get out of out of order. Just you gotta, shuffling just, the, the pork and beans down, <laughs> down there. Long Island Luke, you know. Mikey was here, right? Mikey was here. Uh, uh, yeah. We saw Courtney. Yeah, Chris Courtney L. in the house. I mean, our people are our Gaff, people. Gaff did a great job Gaffney, this week. Jim, that's my guy right there. Yeah. All right. Thank you to all you. And thank you to the, you know, I mean, Jay Paquette, Luke, we could shit into a cannon. He would watch it. All right. I love that guy. What a guy, right? All right. Can we go home? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, back live Monday at 11. We'll have a guest. Join us then. <laughs> Not Tukey Thomas. Not Tukey Thomas. Morningcombat at gmail.com for any questions or any follow-ups or anything else you want to know. Let us know about the Money Lion Hammer of the Month. Oh, oh tonight. Who is your Hammer of the Night? Ooh, I'm going to say... Uh, Michael Trezano, right? Uh, Moicano. Dude, we can't forget Troizano versus Troy round one was insane. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Aaron Blanchfield. If you want it, you got it. New Jersey tough. New Jersey strong. All right. There you go. So you can tag Money Lion on Twitter at Money Lion or on Instagram at Money Lion Inc. Tag them up. Let them know who it is. Use the hashtag Hammer of the Month or Holy Hammer. We'll accept either. For more information, you can go to MoneyLion.com slash Morning Combat. Okay? All right, PC. Take Yarrow. Taquitos? What? No, okay, don't be racist. All right. Well, whoa, on that whoa, note. whoa. I mean, you know. <laughs> how about how about one of the producers being like, yo, fucking Francis is from Nigeria? Listen, racist. <laughs> you take that racism out of here. <laughs> yeah, and put it back in the live chat on YouTube where it belongs. I mean, those people are just they're the P1s, you can't, you can't, you leave them alone. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's the um I don't think that's the NAACP. <laughs> Chit chat. That's just my feeling. I could Do you be think wrong. if we just linger, they'll pull the plug? Probably. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Thanks to the crew. Thanks to CBS Sports. Thanks to Showtime. Thanks to everybody who watched. Dude, what a wild night of MMA. Seriously, we watched a lot of bullshit nights to get a night like this. I mean, what a night. Incredible card. We'll talk more about it on Monday. For Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time, and all your gains be motherfucking loyal. <laughs> yeah, they're never that loyal. No, I mean, they're, 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 you kept my mouth.